and I thank God for the privilege to come on to minister to God's people. I want to appreciate God's servant, Pastor Bill and his wife and his family. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for all you are doing for the kingdom. We love you and we celebrate you. I came with my full squad this morning. <laughs> I came with my husband and my kids and uh, I appreciate them so much. I just want us to take this song. I don't know if we know it, but if we don't know it, it's fine. I'll just sing it. Waymaker, miracle walker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle walker, Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle walker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Father, we bless you this morning. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we reverence your presence. We can't do anything without you. It is your presence that makes the difference. Most say if your presence doesn't go with us, don't take us any further. For wherewith shall we be distinguished, if not that your presence goes with us? What we need to change our lives, what we need to change a nation, what we need to change our homes, it's your presence, Holy Spirit. And that is why we are asking for your presence in this meeting this morning. David said, do not take your spirit away from me. You can take my cars, you can take my money, you can take my houses, you can take my property, you can take everything that I have. But one thing I am begging you, oh God, is please do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Holy Spirit, let your presence be made manifest in our midst this morning. And we vow to give you the glory in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, amen. I was praying at night and I had the burden for this meeting this morning. Please, if I'm too fast in talking, just tell me to, to slow down and I'll, I'll slow down. And one thing I know God is going to do for us this morning is that he's going to plant a deeper hunger in our hearts for him. As we leave this place this morning, God is going to stir up a fire in us that the more we pray, the more we want to pray. The more we worship, the more we want to worship. The more we seek his presence, the more we want to seek his presence. David says, as the deer panted after the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee. God is raising a new breed of people in this time and in this season that are hungry for him. We have been crying for revival. We have been crying for Scotland. We have been crying for United Kingdom. We have been crying for the nations of the world. We have been crying for a manifestation of the move of God. But it will only come through hunger. It will only come through passion. It will only come through people that have abandoned knees. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name. A lot of folks are not called according to God's name. We see a lot of things going on right now in the church. We see a lot of things going on right now in the body of Christ. And you are wondering, is this the church that Jesus Christ died for? Is this the church that Jesus Christ is coming back for? The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name, not by your name, not by your pastor's name, not by your prophet's name, I honor men of God, but it is not about man. It is not about you. It has nothing to do with flesh. Of course, the Bible says, let no flesh glory in his presence. It has everything to do with God. He said, if my people, my people, not the people of the world, 
And remember, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. So it is just chosen once that he is now calling his people. If my people, are you part of God's people this morning? Are you part of the army of God that God is recruiting in this last day and in this end time? Who are called by my name? What name are you called of? Some of us have different names we have called of. Some of us have associated ourselves with our problems. Some of us have associated ourselves with one form of disease, discouragement, failures in life. That is not what God is saying this morning. Who are called according to his name. That says, if they will humble themselves, my God, it takes humility to pray. Most times you don't want to pray. It is at the point that when you pray that you see that your flesh is struggling with your spirit. Most times you tell yourself in the month of July, I'm going to pray one hour every day, nothing will stop it. At that point where you set your alarm, that is when the sleep comes into your brain. And you just want to sleep. That is when you are giving excuses to the Holy Spirit. And you are telling the Holy Spirit, you know I went to work. You know I did overtime. You know I need rest. You know I need to sleep. You know I need to do this. I need to attend to family matters. I, you, you, we, we give excuses for not praying. So it takes a humble heart. It takes humility to pray. So we humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Now, remember, he is not talking about the unbelievers. That means you can be in church and still have a wicked way. Because he is talking about if my people. You can be in church and still be in unbelief. Whenever you are doubting God, doubting the promises of God, doubting the blessings of God, you are in unbelief. will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Seeking the face of God is not a one-minute thing. Seeking the face of God is not a two-minute thing. Oh, God bless me, bless my husband, bless my children. And no, that is not the way to seek the face of God. When you get to that point where you are looking for God, Nothing matters to you anymore. The clothes you put on don't matter to you. The cars you drive don't matter to you. Your achievements don't matter to you. It is only you and God. Hence, David says, as the deer panted after the water brooks, so pants my soul after you. You are looking for God in the morning. In the afternoon, you are looking for God. In the evening, you are looking for God. Oh God, where can I find you? They tell you revival is happening in Glasgow because you are hungry for God. You jump into Glasgow. They tell you there's a move of God in Edinburgh. Because you are hungry for God, you jump into Edinburgh. They tell you God has moved to Aberdeen. Because you are hungry for God, you are panting after God. You are chasing after God as the deer panted after the water bush. So panted your soul after God. In this season, God is raising men and women who are hungry for him. If we don't have hunger, we cannot carry revival. If we don't have hunger for God and for the things of God, we cannot bet a revival. We cannot bet a new Scotland. We cannot bet a new nation. It takes people that are hungry for God to seek the face of God. Shut your door. Shut down TV. Shut down social media. Shut down everything and you are there. Nobody may know you. But there's one that sits in heaven that sees on me. Because the Bible tells me that he that sees in the secret is the one that rewards in the open. You may be praying. Nobody may know you are praying. They'll be seeking the face of God. Nobody may call you big name. They may not call you apostle. They may not call you pastors. They may not call you teacher. They may not call you prophet. They may not even call you evangelist. It doesn't matter. Let your recognition be unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
If God recognizes you as an intercessor, friends, that is all that matters. It doesn't matter if my pastor knows me or not. It doesn't matter if I'm close to, to, to my bishop or not. As far as God is pleased with me. You know why? Because at the end of our days, ladies and gentlemen, one day, one day we will stand before God. We will stand before our maker. We will stand before this one that we have called upon. We will stand before this one that we have worshipped. All man from every race, from every tribe, from every color, from every nation, from every religion, Catholic, Buddha, whatever it is, we will all stand before the judgment seats of God. And the Bible says all things will be laid bare, naked. Everything will be laid naked before him. What of what use is this? If I stand before God, if my pastor approves me on earth, and God says to me, you are a worker of iniquity. Depart from me. I don't know you. Of what use will it be? That is why whatever we are doing with our lives, we should get serious with God. God is not a joker. God means everything in his word. Remember says his word is yeah and amen. God honors his word above his name. We should desire God. We should desire the presence of God. And so the Bible says, as the deer panted after the water brooks, David writing, he says, so pant my soul after thee. David said, one thing have I desire. What is your desire in this life? What is your desire in this world? What is your passion? What is driving you? When you wake up in the morning, what, what motivation do you have? Is your motivation for the things of God? Is your motivation for the kingdom? Is your motivation for seeing souls get saved? Is your motivation seeing that, that, that people turn from unrighteousness to righteousness? Let me tell you something. You are not saved to sit in your nice houses. You are not saved to sit in your nice churches. You are not saved to look porch. It's good to look porch if God blesses you. I'm not against prosperity. I like money. I'm a prosperity preacher. Amen? Money is good. If God blesses you, enjoy your money. But God did not save you to enjoy that money and no impact on your family, no impact in your community, no impact in your generation. And at the end of the day, you stand before him and he says to you, what did you do with my purpose and my calling? It's a dreadful day. It's a dreadful day of judgment. It's a dreadful day of judgment. And so David said, one thing, not many things. I want us to have a focus this morning. We are too distracted. We are here. We are there. We are doing too many things. We are touching so many things. David said, one thing, one thing. Just one thing have I desire. He said, and that one thing will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. That was David's purpose. One thing, just one thing. Remember Jesus said to Martha, one thing is needful. One thing. He said, Mary, your sister, are chosen it. Matter, you are everywhere. You are cumbersome with so many things. You're thinking of food, thinking of childcare, thinking of children, thinking, you are, you are everywhere. Matter, one thing, one thing, one thing is needful. What is needful in your life? What is that purpose of God that you have in your life that you are chasing after with passion? That you are chasing after every day in prayer. That you are chasing after every day. You are looking for missionaries. You want to sow into the kingdom. What is that one thing? 
that you are desiring. One thing David said, have I desire. Desire is different from emotions. You can feel when you have emotions. It just comes, it dazzles, and it goes. You know, some of us are into some funny kinds of relationship before we got married. Amen? I'm talking to the married people now. And you just meet a guy. And you just feel, oh, this guy looks like him. He's my dream guy. I can't do without him. I can't even sleep. And all of a sudden, you start seeing things in his life like look like the devil. <laughs> and you're wondering, the same guy that you are saying, oh, my God, I can't sleep. Oh, pastor, pastor, you just need to pray for us. We are just walking down the aisle. Oh, my God, pastor, I can't wait to have him. In. The same guy you were praising all of a sudden. Those are your emotions speaking. Yes. Emotions does not last long. When emotions faces reality, it fizzes out. What will keep you going is a strong desire. Desire backed up with purpose. Desire backed up with focus. One thing have I desire. And that one thing will I seek after. It's not the time to be emotional about your life. I'm going to tell us some things very soon. It's not the time to be emotional about your situation. God is not seeing you in that situation. God is seeing you out of the situation. But most times we want to feel pitied. I just lost my job and I'm crying. Oh, they just diagnosed me of this sickness and I'm crying. It's just being emotional. You're not facing reality. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is Jesus. What you need in your life is Jesus. As far as you have Jesus in you, every other thing you hear, does not matter because the Jesus in you cancels the report of the devil. That is why they said, whose report will you believe? When they say you are diagnosed with cancer, is that the report of God? Whose report will you believe? When they say you cannot make it in life, whose report will you believe? The Bible says he was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement that brought about your peace. Oh my God. God. Jesus paid for your peace. Amen. Am I communicating? Jesus paid for everything that should give you peace on earth. So whatever thing that is taking your peace away is not of God. It's of the devil and it should not be paid attention to. We pay attention to the wrong things. We pay attention to the wrong things. Growing up in life, I didn't know why I was failing. For whatever reason, I went to uh, like four universities. I did engineering. It didn't seem good to me. I left it. I did human kinetics. At 300 level, I left it. I went on engineering. 200 level or so, I left it. I went on mass communication. 300 level, it didn't seem good. I left it. I was failing. I didn't know why I was failing in life. And my dad got fed up of me. I'm telling you whose reports do you believe? And one day my dad looked at me. And for whatever reason, out of nine kids, I was the only one that my life was not going in the right direction. Not knowing the devil was fighting the purpose of God in my life. And on this day, my dad looked at me. And said you are useless you are useless to this family you are useless to this home you are useless to everything and at that point i would have felt rejected i would have felt suicidal of course at some point i was suicidal i contemplated suicide because i was like why are my siblings making it in life what is wrong with me but when my dad looked at me in the eyes and said, glory, you are useless. You know what I did? 
I didn't believe his report because I knew that was a report of the devil. I didn't believe his report because I knew that was a report from the pit of hell. Because the Bible tells me that I am the head and not the tail. The Bible tells me that I am a success that is going somewhere to happen and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. And I took a brand new notebook. Brand new notebook I bought. Brand new notebook. And I started writing on it. Whose report do you believe? I started writing. I am not useless. I am not useless. I am not useless. I am not useless. I wrote it until I filled the pages. That settled in my mind that I am not useless. It's not me to accept the negative report of the devil. I am not a useless child. Settled in my life. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Out of nine children, out of nine children, combined all their finance. Please don't record that part. I don't want them to hear it. I don't want my family to hear it. Because they will stone me. <laughs> out of nine children, nine, eight now, plus me, nine, combine the finance of eight children together. I'm the richest. Now, <laughs> I'm not a useless child. Combine, I have done projects single-handedly in Nigeria that none of them has done. Now they look up to me for financial help. The same child that they said, you are useless because I refuse it to settle in me. God saw my heart. God saw my desire. God saw my, out of all my siblings, I'm, I'm the first person that traveled abroad from Nigeria. The same child that they said was useless. I sent money one time to my mom. And when she got the money, may God give you a testimony that will put your enemies to shame. Sarah said, God has made me to laugh so that all that hear me. Why? Because of her testimony. When she didn't have Isaac, she didn't make that statement. It was after Isaac came that she said, God has made me to laugh. When my mom received the money, you don't understand. She called me on phone. She was praying for me and she was crying. The same useless child. What is your desire? What is your purpose? What are you seeking after? The Bible says, seek ye first. We're talking about kingdom. We're talking about taking revival to the nations of the world. Seek ye first. Seek ye first. That should be your desire. Your desire, friends, should be kingdom. Your motivation should be kingdom. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. It doesn't matter who loves you or who does not love you. Jesus loves you. God loves you. The Holy Spirit loves you. It doesn't matter who loves you or not. Stop killing yourself. You don't love me. I don't want to go to that church anymore. The pastor's wife doesn't love me. The pastor doesn't love you. Who cares who loves you, who doesn't love you? The only affirmation you need is the affirmation from Jesus. And Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus so loved. You know Jesus so loved that he came. If Jesus didn't love us, he wouldn't have come. He wouldn't have come. I said, go, God, I'm not going. Those people in the world, they are wicked. Those people in the world know they will stone me to death. God, I'm not going. But Jesus so loved that he came. And in prayers the other day, God whispered to me that the Holy Spirit so loved that he raised Jesus from the dead. Because the Bible says, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit is a life-giving spirit. He will quicken your mother body. You are loved by God. You are accepted in the beloved. Why we were yet sinners, hallelujah, Christ died. He didn't consider my sin. He didn't consider me as a useless child. He didn't consider me as one that will eventually bring shame to the kingdom. He didn't look at my sin. He didn't look at my future. He didn't look at my past. He overwhelmed it with his love. I'm a product of God's love.
I used to say jokingly, jokingly, no man in this world can break my heart. I can never experience heartbreak. No. Bible says, what is it that puts his trust in man? Why will you carry your whole life and entrust into a man when you can entrust it into God when he's safe? Where is safe? Our desire, our purpose, and our pursuit. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That one thing. What is your one thing this morning? What is your one thing this morning? I want us to leave this meeting this morning with one thing in our hearts. I want us to leave this meeting this morning with one motivation in our lives. I want us to leave this meeting this morning with just one desire. One desire. Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's about the kingdom, friends. It's about the kingdom. And it's righteousness. And the Bible says, everything, every other thing that you are looking for, health, divine healing, wealth, prosperity, husbands, wives, children, a better career, a better job, a better house, every other thing will be added. But you know what we do? You know what we do? We put the kingdom behind and we put every other thing in front and we expect God to bless it. That is a wrong order. God is a God of order. God does not bless wrong. God only blesses what is right. God does not bless wrong. You don't have a prayer life, no study life. You don't go out to evangelism. You don't come to church. And you just expect God to bless you. That is a wrong order. The one that says, seek first my kingdom is the one that will bless you. He said, I'm the one that sits in the secret and rewards openly. Recently, God started doing some things in my life. Recently, like some things, some things, some contacts, some things, some doors just started opening, some things, people just started calling. And I was wondering, how did all this thing come to play? I go for evangelism. I shut myself. I pray for hours. I do things. I give to pastors. I do some things. You think God is not saying all those things? If you want God to bless you, if you want God to answer your needs, if you want God to answer when you call, start doing kingdom. Start doing kingdom. Bury your life in the kingdom. Let everything that matters to you be the kingdom of God. Friends, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There is no way you will do God's business and God will not take care of your business. There is no way you will do God's business and God will not take care of your health. There is no way you will do God's business and God will not take care of your family. Seek him first the kingdom of God. It's about kingdom. It's all about me. We came to this world for a reason. We came to this world for a purpose. And the purpose is kingdom. Saved to serve. Saved. Your career can come next. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. You don't need to hide your frame from me. You don't need to hide anything from me. I knew you. I have ordained you as a prophet to the nations. But Jeremiah would have come and said, no, I want to be a doctor in NHS. And nations will be dying. Souls will be going to hell. Because a man refused to define his purpose and his calling and his ordination in God. One thing have I desire, and that one thing will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord 
all the days of my life to behold his glory and to inquire in his temple. I want us to read Matthew 25 and I'll begin to round up. Matthew 25 is a parable of the third virgins. I know a lot of us know the story, we know the parable, but I just want to point out some things to us. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 25. This was Jesus speaking. He said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins. Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. <laughs> Five of them were foolish. Now mark the word foolish. <laughs> and five were wise. Another version says, and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But when the wise, the prudent, took their oil, Sorry, but when the prudent took oil in their flags along with their lamps, they took an extra oil in their flags. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight, mark the word midnight, there was a shout. Behold, the bridegroom come. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, the foolish said to the wise ones, give us some oil for our lamps are going out. And the wise says to the foolish, go out and buy for yourself. Ten virgins. Ten Christians, 10 members of the church, 10 pastors, 10 workers, 10 ministers, 10 ministries. But the Bible says, five of them were foolish. Five of them were wise. <laughs> What makes the foolish ones to be foolish? It looks like a joke. They have no oil. They didn't take extra oil. They didn't take extra oil. That was their offense. Their offense was that we were so careless that we forgot to take extra oil. Not knowing that was what was going to determine their destiny and their internal life with God. Foolish, the Bible called them because they did not take an extra oil. What does extra mean? That is why we came this morning. Extra consecration. Extra consecration. A life of holiness. The Bible says, without holiness, no eyes shall see God. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I, the Lord, I am holy. Extra, extra, extra. Most times when your pastor is pushing you, it's not because he hates you. It's not because he, 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 he doesn't want you to have a free life or have pleasure. It's because he wants you to get the extra that will determine your eternal destiny with God. That is why he tells you to pray. That's why he tells you to fast. That's why he pushes you to give to missions. That's why he tells you to go out to evangelism. That's why he tells you to do everything that a normal child of God should be engaged in. Extra. Extra. Amen. They all had lamps, but forgot to take their oil. Foolish! No prayer life. Oil represents the anointing. No anointing. No Holy Spirit. We can relate them to the scripture that says, having the form of godliness. Because they were all virgins. 
They are all among the number. They were disguising. I'm a born again. I speak in tongues. I cast out demons. I live a holy life. I live a righteous life. But it is only God, I said in the beginning, that knows the truth. No, no life of consecration. They were walking without the Holy Ghost. They were moving without the anointing of God. They were faking godliness. They were faking righteousness. Having the form. They had the form. It is a form. It is a form. It looks like righteousness, but it is not righteousness. It is a copy of righteousness. And God does not accept copy. What God accepts is the real thing. Hallelujah. That is why we have to go for the extra. The ones that were wise, the Bible says they had extra oil. When it was time to pray, they were in the chapel praying. Whether pastor is in the church or not, they are there praying. Whether pastor sees them or not, they are in the church praying. Whenever the, door, the church doors is open, they are in the church praying. Whenever pastor calls for giving, they are in the church. They are giving to missions. They are giving to the Lord. They are supporting the work of God. They are praying for kingdom. They are praying for revival. They want to see the kingdom of God come. Extra life. Life of concentration. That was all. And the Bible says, and at midnight, and at midnight, because they were prepared, they were confident that no matter what happens, whether it happens during the day, whether it happens in the morning, whether it happens in the midnight, I know that my life is intact. Paul said, I know who I am. I know who I am. Paul said, what is it that will separate me from the love of God? What is it? What is it? Shall tribulation? Shall peril? Shall lack of funds? What is it that will separate me from the love of God? He said, nothing will ever separate me. Whether I have money or I don't have money, I love God. Whether I'm driving the best car or not, I love God. Whether I'm living in the best houses or not, I love God. Whether I am married or not, it doesn't amount to anything. I love God. It will not separate me from the love of God. And it will never make me doubt God for one day. God, are you real? God, are you still there? He has been sitting there even when they crucified his son. He was sitting in heaven. He has not moved. So your situation will not even make him move. Just love him. Your tears will not move him. Just love him. Just surrender to him. Just yield your vessel to him. Yield your life to him. And let him make you. He is the potter. And we are the clay. They all had extra. 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 What is that extra that God wants you to have in your life, in your home, with your children? with your spouse, with your family. What is that extra that God is calling you into? The Bible says deep, call it onto the deep. God's deep is crying out to your deep. You cannot be on the shallow ground and meet God. There is a depth you must go to to meet God. And let me tell you something tonight, this morning. To stay wise, to carry the oil of God, to carry the mantle of God, to carry the anointing of God, hey, it will cost you. It comes with a price. The wise said to the foolish, the foolish said, give me some oil, I want to borrow. Can I borrow your oil? Can I borrow your anointing? Can I borrow your grace? Can I borrow your tongues? Can I borrow your prayer life? Can I borrow your worship life? And the wise said to the foolish, go and buy. 
is not free. The anointing of God is not free. You must pay the price to carry the anointing of God. Friends, consecration is not free. Most times you see your parents doing some things and you are tempted, but because you are called to a life of holiness and consecration, you just walk away. Most times you are tempted to, to go out with some kind of guys just to hang out and probably just to have a bottle. But because you are called to a life of holiness and consecration, you look at the bottle and you just walk away. That is a prize. You are killing your flesh. The anointing will cost you. For revival to happen in this nation, it will cost us. It will cost us our time. Because we must be on the altar praying. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And act as it has been done in heaven. As I ran up this morning, Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, and this is our situation this morning. I heard in the place of prayer. This is our situation this morning. Paul said, not that I have already attained. Not that I have gotten to the place that I want to get to. Not that I have achieved what I want to achieve in life. I'm trying. Even God knows you are trying. You are putting in effort. Even God knows that you are putting in effort. Paul said, but this is one thing I do. I forget about what is behind. And I heard in the place of prayer this morning, what is still trapping some of us is our behind. What is still trapping some of us is our yesterday. What is still trapping some of us is the sins that we committed yesterday. Is the mistakes we made yesterday. Paul said, no, this is one thing I do. Can I demonstrate something? Let me put this here. Please, everybody watch me. This is bigger. Let me put this here. Let me put this here. Let me put this here. And I'll round up with this. Paul said, this is one thing I do. This is my destiny in God. This is my finishing point. This is the mark God wants me to get to. If I get to this place, I will hear God say, well done. But the problem is not this place. This is Z. This is A. The problem is between A to Z. This is my finishing point, not here. This is Y. This is Z. The problem is not Z. The problem is between B and why? And so Paul said, I'm coming from a past. This is my past. I'm coming from a past of sin. I'm coming from a past of mistake. I'm coming from a past where so many things have happened to me, where I have failed God, where I have been disappointed in, where friends have betrayed me, where my husband has left me, where my children has even left me, where no one cares about me, where they have abandoned me, even the people I cared for, even the people I supported, they turned back and they stabbed me, even the people I loved, even the people that I invested in, that I said in my future, these people will be the one that will hold me, that will take care of me, I know, but at the end of the day, they turned their back for whatever reason, and they stabbed you. Paul said, I forget about my past. Because with God, your past does not matter. Friends, the more we keep holding on to our past, we can't get to our destination. Because whether we like it or not, we are carrying baggages. We are carrying everything on our head. And it's a burden. It's a load. 
the more you run, the more it reduces your step. Because he that wants to go far in life must travel light. But because I'm carrying sin, I'm carrying offense, I'm carrying shame, I'm carrying hatred, I'm carrying reproach, I'm carrying all the bad things and all the negative things that people have done to me. I cannot move forward in life. It's slowing my speed. And there are, there are angels in heaven that are tearing me up. Glory move. Glory move. Glory move. Your, your assignment is time bound. Glory move. There is a generation that is waiting for you. And I am saying, no, Lord, I can't move. My husband hurts me. My husband divorced me. My husband left me. My children abandoned me. I am not schooled. I don't have a good job. I don't have, we are giving God all of the excuses. And we are carrying bad things in our life. That is reducing our speed. Paul said, I'm sorry. Paul said, this is one thing I do. My past is my past. I forget about my past. I forget about the pain. And I press. One step, I press. He says, towards the mark of the high calling. There is a mark that we must get to. We can't stop on the way. We can't faint. Bible says men are always to pray and not to faint. If you faint, there is no reward for you because there is a mark and there's going to be a cry at midnight like we heard with the five ten virgins. A cry is going to come at midnight and when you get to that mark, that is when your own midnight cry will sound. Your time may not be my time. My time may not be your time. I may have 10 years to fulfill my assignment in life. God may give you 20 years. Same with the virgins. Five foolish, five wise. They didn't understand the time. I press. I have left the past. But there are still hurdles. Don't think it's going to be a smooth journey. No wonder Jesus said, be of good cheer. Even in your pain, be encouraged, friends. Even in difficult times, it won't last forever. The Bible says, weeping may endure for a night. But joy, that is the joy we want to get to. As I press, I thought I have left the past. And I come to this. Oh my God. It's another mountain. It looks small. It looks I can just take it. It looks like I can just take it and fling it away. But in the spirit, it is not a small mountain. This might be the sin that besets us. Paul said, lay aside the little, little sin that besets us. You wonder why you're not living in your relationship with God. You have left your past. You started making a move. And you got to this point. There is a sin that cannot let you go. There is a sin that has held you bow. And you pray. And you fast. And you call on God. And you give. And you God, save me from this sin. Oh God, I am tired of this pain. Oh God, I am tired of this shame. Oh God, take me out of this. If you can take me out of this, I will praise you. I will serve you. I will start making commitment to God. I will never go back to this sin. If you deliver me from this sin, God, just one more time. I make a covenant with you. I will live a holy life. I will live a righteous life. And God hears your prayer. He delivers you from the sin. And you start pressing. And you meet another huddle. The way to destiny is not easy. But Jesus said, Be of good cheer. I have overcome. And I meet this one. Oh my God. He looks almost like my height. And it looks like I can just give it a punch and it goes away. And this one right here, this one got me. And this one said, no, you cannot go anywhere. I am sent from the pit of hell to stop you. No, I am sent from the pit of hell to discourage you in your journey. 
The story of Job just came to my mind. Job's wife looked at Job and said, Cause God and die. You have gotten to this point. So you are saying, God, I believe your promises. I believe your reports. Why are things not happening in my life? I have left the first stage. I have left the second, second stage. At this stage, I should be shouting, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God. But there is another one that got me right here. I feel like throwing in the towel. God, what is happening? If you don't help me, I'm falling. God, Jesus, hold it down. This one got me right here. And we'll go back to a life of consecration again. We we'll go back to a life of fasting. We'll go back to a life of prayer. Oh God, help me in this one. Oh Jesus, help me. There is no mountain that is too high that you cannot move. Oh God, take away this mountain out of my life. And God hears your prayer. I'm telling you about pressing through situations in life, pressing through difficulty. You can't face, you can't give up. There is a destiny that is waiting for you to be fulfilled. And God saves you. And you are right in front of your destiny. At this point, this is the most critical moment. At this point, a lot of people lose it. At this point, a lot of people miss it in life. It was like Moses. God brought him thus far. He said, you will see you will see the promised land. It doesn't matter what you suffered in the wilderness. I'm still your father. You will see the wilderness, the promised land, sorry, but you will not get in. When you are in front of your destiny, friends, as I round up, the thing you do and the things you say matters in life. You don't murmur when you are in the front of your destiny. You don't murmur to God. You don't complain when you are seeking your future because it can stop you. It can hinder you. What is expected of us at this point is to keep pressing. I cannot fail. I am the righteousness of God. Begin to activate the word of God in your life because that's the only thing the devil understands that makes him tremble. When you lack the word of God, the devil will mess about with your life. When the devil went to the mountain and tormented Jesus, tempted Jesus, what Jesus said was, it is written. Satan, I am the head and not the tail. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things, all things have passed away. Everything about me, it's becoming new. As you're speaking the word, you are pressing forward. As you're speaking the word, you are pressing forward. I lay aside all the weights and the sin that so easily beset me. This is one thing I do. I forget about what is behind. It may be painful. Things that made me cry. Things that made me weep. Things that made me sorrow. Things that made me hate God. Things that made me hate my husband. But I am still confessing. I am still in tune with God. I am still pressing forward because there is a mark. There is a mark. There is a mark. There is a mark. I am pressing in. I am pressing in. There is a mark that I must press onto. And I am here. And I hear Jesus say, Well done. Can we rise this morning? Shagade Bregede Barada. Some of us need to press in into our destiny with God. In your own words, two, three minutes, just begin to talk to God. I don't know that situation that has held you bound. That is not making you pressing and pushing into God. I don't know who has hurt you in the past. Listen, I don't know the challenges you have gone through in life. I've seen challenges in life. I've seen battles. I've seen failure. But in all, I am more than a conqueror. I don't let my situation determine my life. No, I tell my situation about God. I tell my situation what God says about me. You are the prophet of your life. 
The Bible says anything you allow on earth, God allows it in heaven. Everything you disallow on earth, God automatically disallows it. So whenever we allow peace into our lives, it is not God. It is because you are allowing it. So God is sanctioning it. Just open your mouth and just whisper to God. Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit of God, help me. My precious Father, help me. Anyway, I have missed it in life. I have murmured. I have complained. I have become weak. Even in my relationship and my walk with you. I repent. Some of us need to repent this morning. Some of us need to come back to God this morning and say, Father, I blew it. I am sorry. Forgive me my sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing, friends, but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that blood that makes me white. Oh, precious is that blood that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing but the blood. We plead the blood of Jesus this morning over our lives, over every past situation, over every present situation that we are facing, and over our future. We plead the blood. We plead the blood. There's wonder working power in the blood of Jesus. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. There is deliverance in the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can I pray for you? What is your name? Rachel. I hear God say his hand is upon you. As you begin to seek God, it will be a deliberate effort. It's not what your father or your mother will do for you. It's going to be a conscious effort. As you begin to see God, I hear out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It must be a conscious effort. You must begin to desire God. It doesn't matter whether your, your siblings are doing it or not. It doesn't matter whether your peers are going the direction you are going to or not. There is a calling on your life. And I hear God say, as you begin to desire me, I'll begin to reveal myself to you. I'll begin to reveal myself in dreams and in revelation. But you must desire me. You must be hungry for me. Father, feel this heart. Feel this child. This child. In the name of Jesus. Can I pray for you? What's your name? David. 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 May the hand of God come upon you. In the name that is above all names. Zebregede Barada. I rebuke the hand of the devil over your life. Every affliction is to return back to hell. God perfect your life, perfect your health, perfect every single thing that concerns you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Can I pray for you, ma? Can I pray for you? God strengthen you with his spirit in your inner man. God answer your prayers. God grant unto you your heart's desires. You will never weep anymore. You will never cry anymore. I hear joy comes in the morning. Yes, Lord. God clothes you with a garment of joy. Amen. And God give you peace. Oh, in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you. Can I pray for you, sir? What do you want God to do for you? What do you want God to do for you? There's a desire in your heart. May God meet your desire in the name of Jesus. May God grant unto you your heart's desire and give you peace. And give you peace. And give you peace. And give you peace and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace.
in Jesus' name. Sir, I hear God say it is well. 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 Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy. You have shed tears in the secret, but joy comes in the morning. Most times you wonder this is not the way I planned life to be. It is well. It is well. May God give you grace to push through life. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Keep pressing. God bless you all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.